everybody, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am so apologetic that I have not been able to record a podcast lately. Um, I took a side job, and I had a bunch of time doing it last week. Uh, so that was it. It just really got in the way. And that's why I'm not into side jobs. I'm really trying to do all this career stuff. And now here I am doing something that is taking up other time. That said, I think as I get on the um, on the ball with it, it's going to be nicely structuring for stuff. Also, I have a sick family member. So it's just like all this craziness is happening. And I believe we released the Sandra Shamus episode. I think it might have just been last week. Time flies. Or the week before. Give that a listen. It's an hour and a half. It's meaty. It's a good time. She is just so cool. And, you know, check out Sandra Shamus. However, that's not who I'm talking to today. Sandra was the other week. This week, it's Robin Hatch. Robin Hatch is a uh, real virtuoso uh, on the piano and keyboards, synth, and I think she's multi-instrumental. She is quite the little music prodigy. I really regret using the word little, although she's shorter than me. I should not use that term. You can check out her music, including the album Hatch, that we discuss on the podcast at uh, robinhatch.bandcamp.com or follow her verified account at Robin Hatch. Um, You know, we're friends. Uh, She's super talented. She's played with the hot band Our Lady Peace. And she's currently touring with uh, someone who I'm now searching through her Twitter to make sure that uh, I know that it was who she's touring with, but um, just go to her gosh darn website and and then you'll find out who she's currently touring with. Um, anyway, Robin Hatch, we have some real fun talk. Uh, she's a weird Twitter she's uh, got ADHD we talk about these things and more so enjoy my conversation with Robin Hatch and of course if you want to support the podcast subscribe follow on the social medias <laughs> review, rate or go to patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan or if you want to make a one time donation where all the money goes to me ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan and finally Paul Bellini, the incredible uh, Kids in the Hall writer, member of Mouth Congress with Scott Thompson, Scott Thompson's best pal, writing partner, um, guest on Danko Jones' podcast with me and, you know, someone who's given me a lot of kindness over the years, shown me a lot of kindness over the years. Paul Bellini is in a bit of a a health, uh, a health Uh, emergency and um, he's currently in the hospital and uh, there is a GoFundMe for him and uh, it's called Touch Paul Bellini if you go on my Twitter you will see a link to it and I'm sure we'll have a link to it in the show notes as well so uh, if you can throw a dollar to Paul uh, that would be amazing you know I know I mentioned my links earlier but it's it's way important uh, way more important to contribute to someone in need and so Paul Bellini, show him some support. He could use it. And here is my chat 
with Robin Hatch. Filming this episode as much as I film them, and uh, the question is, should I? I feel like the way I'm facing is as good for me <laughs> facially. So, but I'm not going to be looking at you particularly by doing that, Robin. Is that comfortable? That's fine. Yeah. Do you like eye contact? No. Really? Yeah. No, I I don't. Why not? It's uh, too difficult. Do you sustain it? I've someone told me recently to look at the forehead, and that's helped a lot. Oh, that's like high fiving. Yeah. So it's like this is what you do: you look at the elbow for the high five. Oh. And look at the whore, damn, forehead. Damn. <laughs> for uh. Uh, the forehead. Forehead. But for me, it's an eight head. You ever heard that joke? I've heard five head. <laughs> eight head. Twice the size of a normal forehead. <laughs> I'm talking to Robin Hatch. What are your pronouns, Nick? He, him. She, her. She, her is Robin. And uh, they, them is the home I reside in. Yeah. Yeah. I have new glasses, Robin. What do you think? Great. Looks great. Thank you. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> you came here all the way from Oakville, Ontario, down down the highway. And uh, I uh, I don't do this for everybody. I got you a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I will e-transfer you. You don't have to e-transfer <laughs> me. Also, you don't have to say e-transfer, I don't think, anymore. Nobody's going to the bank to do these types of transfers. Uh, you can just say transfer. But if somebody tells me they're going to e-transfer me, even if they don't... <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. I've definitely had a few where I'm like, yeah, I'll get you back on that e-transfer. And then it's like, they gives them that moment where they say, you know what? Don't worry about it. And a lot of those people say no because of the fees. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I won't be e-transferring you. No. I'd like to e-transfer into a different topic right now. We talked a little bit about being in uh, Google, like these groups. Oh, yeah. Group chats. Group chats. I'm in a Toronto Twitter group chat. Toronto weird Twitter. Do you think there's fake weird Twitter out there? And for those who don't know... Uh, let's say weird Twitter is dead, essentially. It died like, what, four years ago, five years ago? Definitely, I know. And there was that article about the history of weird Twitter, but it was basically just for abstract type stuff. And then normal people started making their profile picture, you know, like a weird cartoon. And these were just people who wanted to become comedy writers. And uh, I, I've heard the opposite, too, that there's some accounts that as soon as they got a blue check, stop being controversial or saying problematic that's things. That's the same thing. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's that's what happened. And look, I'm not saying they should go around talking all kinds of craziness, but uh, and I don't think that that necessarily anyone I've liked on Twitter who's odd isn't doing that. You know, <laughs> I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, but I also don't like. And this is a very typical topic, by the way, of this podcast is just like how social media is like, it's so performative in every direction at this point. But, um, I, and that's why I like weirder things on those because they don't really have the, my favorites are ones that don't really have any kind of 
point. Okay. You know, so it's like all I want are people like referencing the words slim shady. Okay. And I'll laugh, you know, like, like go my spirit animal, slim shady, you know, (laughs) I, uh, slim shady did nine (laughs) 11, obviously. I follow an account. He's the devil himself. Yeah, I like 9-11 jokes. Well, there was a that was still a Slim Shady joke. Okay. More than a 9-11 joke. The, uh, there was something going around last week that was like, the levels of irony, and like, I can't believe I made this, but here's the levels of irony. And I think that was number seven or something. What, but I find, 9-11? Yeah, it's like, you know your irony poisoned level two when... You think 9-11's funny. I think I think this guy Prospector, uh, he does a bit about going to buy scratch and wins mm-hmm. and being addicted to buying scratch and wins. That that's my level. Talking about addiction in a humorous way. Yeah. Or or sometimes <laughs> making light of addiction. Sometimes I'll I because I have been sober for two years, but if I'm like at home at my parents on a weekend night and someone's tweeting about smoking weed, I'll like the tweet and pretend that, you know, I'm back hanging out with people smoking weed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if someone tweets, I'm out with Robin chasing that horse. Yeah. (laughs) Then you're going to fave retweet pin. Yeah. Retweet with comment pin. Cause I think that you get a, a dopamine rush from just the act of liking. I have a theory that, I think you get dopamine rushes from a lot of stuff. But obviously from when people like stuff of yours, but I think also when you like stuff. Yeah. What about, I think I get a dopamine rush for me from like, I'll scroll through my, this is a horrible admission to, I'll scroll through my tweets and I'll be like, these are some funny stuff. Oh, I, yeah, some weird and wacky stuff. I do that with my uh, likes, so that's probably even worse. Did you do that with your music? You probably do yeah. that with your music. You definitely seem to uh, like it. Let's talk for flows. Yeah, let's talk for a second. I'm not just having you here as a cultural commentator. I do that with uh, my Apple on Apple Music or Spotify. You can see a map of people that listen to your music. Oh yeah, sure. So I look at that map. I do that on Spotify with. Uh, my band because my comedy on spotify is just it's dead in the water not a lot of followers if you're listening and you want to listen to my comedy on spotify how many followers like 12 or something it's like but brutal nights has like four or five thousand or something brutal nights so don't forget this is a punk rocker i'm a punk rocker to the core and you know that on november 29th 2019 I'm going to perform with my band Wrong Hole. We're also is, on pod, uh, Bandcamp. Is just Chris like Sands you. still in your band? No, Chris Sands oh, uh, was. I love him. He just played one show actually <laughs> with us, and it was a uh, it was a very big show. It was at the Danforth uh, Concert Hall, opening for Danko yeah, Jones. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> you were right. Yeah. And uh, that was a tough one. But uh, no, normally it was this guy, John Shouten, but we don't really have a keyboardist. Uh, Actually, we're going to play with uh, someone. Anyway, November 29th at the Bovine Sex Club. I can't remember. I know that sounds horrible. Jay. We're playing with a dude named Jay. McCarroll? Is Jay McCarroll? No. Yeah, it might be Jay McCarroll. Oh, Jay. Not Jay Anderson. Jay Schuster? I think it's Jay Schuster, yeah. Okay. Um, 
That sounds terrible. I should take out the thing where I don't know the name of the person yeah. we're playing with. But um, I knew... Anyway. But anyway, the boat... Then also, I'm going to be... We got the old guitarist from Brutal Nights. His band is playing, and so I'm going... The Plastic Heads, and I'm going to play Brutal Nights songs. Cool. With them. Is it cool? How did we make you about me suddenly what happened there robin uh that was my expert uh deflection yeah do you not like to talk about yourself no i do uh you worry you'll do it so much the i have like 53 spotify followers that's good yeah it's okay didn't you just get on spotify yeah i liked that i could upload an album of photos of myself that's something i've discovered i i enjoy Mm, i don't know if i did that i should do that what do you mean like uh i'm not sure if it's still like this but there's i think an unspoken rule if you're posting photos of your face on instagram don't post more than one or two in a row you're narcissistic but what if they're thirst traps well exactly or or what if you're self-promoting so then i started or you have an animal next to you yeah what if that just happens? You you weren't even thinking about it. That's a unconscious. What would a Chad do, right? They'd just post mm. ten selfies in a row. What do they call the lady chats? Ashley's? <laughs> yeah. Is that it? I don't really? know. I don't know. I know they're called Stacy's. Stacy's. Chad's and Stacy's. These are clearly names in- invented by people who haven't met other people. I've met like two <laughs> Stacy's in my life. And one, it, one was two the, chads. The mean girl in my high school, so that was Schnock. for me accurate. Well, you know, I went to a very like Eastern European, so it's probably like Stasia was in my high what, school. What was her name? What was her name? The yeah. biggest bully. Yeah. Um, I got beaten up by a girl named Olga at the school <laughs> picture. Not this, not the school photos, but the actual group photo of the whole school. <laughs> outside olga hit me a lot because she thought i said a word that i said oh i have a strange history with women i got bullied by guys so i guess it's the same oh yeah well then i mostly got bullied by guys i mean then after that this guy uh sammy who's like graduating every time he'd pass me by on the street He'd go, Olga, <laughs> Olga. What does she do to beat you up? I'm sorry. Just slap me around. Just slap me around. She didn't and like you, put me in the hospital. But you would have beat her up. Would you have beaten her up if you were allowed? I don't think so. No, okay. she seemed like she had one of those ponytails. You know, those tough person ponytails? <laughs> like low in the back? Yeah, like kind of low in the back, but then also kind of high. Sort of like when a cat likes you and is excited. <laughs> You know, or Pepe Le Pew when he's like... Oh, so she liked you. Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked me. Nobody ever liked me. Uh, are you comfortable in the room? Is that okay? Yeah. You like it? You like this room? Yeah, but that's the same with me, and that's how I learned about your band, Brutal Nights, when I was in high school still. Getting bullied. Yeah. At that age? Yeah, I had an older, out of, problematic older friend who would take me to... Uh, downtown concerts do you think it's appropriate for younger people to be friends with older people when they're under 18 uh 
Yes. I agree. But I was thinking lately of becoming an Uber driver or like a Lyft driver for some extra cash. Scratch. And I was thinking how you could probably make a lot of money. Being friends with teens. Yeah, hanging out by high school. (laughs) Oh, because they're always calling Ubers, aren't they? Those kids on their parents' dime. Mm -hmm. But legally, I don't think they're supposed to. Oh. When I was in LA, we'd like every once in a while pick up a kid so in an Uber. Uber. No, like oh, I Uber drove pool. pool. Yeah. And they'd like go to a school and I'd be like, Ugh, <laughs> why am I in a, suddenly in a car with a child? This is not good. What if I, what if I have a slip of the tongue? What if you look somewhere? <laughs> what if, can a child cancel you? <laughs> Just automatically they press the... Amber Alert has like an extra like cancel, <laughs> like an Amber Alert goes off every time. Yeah, they should just anyway. Oh my god, I have they a stain doc, on the side of my shirt. They you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I can't tell if this is a good. You look fine. Um, so why? <laughs> so you are a musician. You play the keyboards primarily, yeah. but you also sing. Can you sing? Um, Hit me with your best shot right now. I could do that. Could you do sing? I have to? No. Could you sing by the rivers of Babylon? Let's just do that really quick. Just the first four words. <laughs> by the rivers of Babylon. <laughs> I, I, what song is that? Where we <laughs> walk down. It's problematic. You don't know the song. I know. I told you I'm a poser. I know four greatest songs. And where but we by the rivers were, of Babylon. I'm gonna guess when we is. remembered Zion. This isn't by. And the wicked carried us away, captivity Uh, required from us a song. Peter Tosh? How can we play the something in the land? I think it's from it's from the Harder They Come soundtrack, and I think that it's um, I think it's Desmond Decker, but it might be Toots in the Maid's House. Oh, so and, Peter Tosh was a good guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, reggae. <laughs> and also, I thought you might know it from Boney, I, no, Boney M. Have should. you ever heard Boney yeah, M? I, it was a huge hit for Boney M. And it's actually the the version <laughs> I listen to most of the time is, my, is uh, the Boney M version. Because it has this like waltz beat. I where think, it's like... Dum, 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 dum. Is it an ADD symptom that I know 200 songs total? Mm. And I listen to those exclusively and i don't okay so let's tell me the 10 <laughs> songs you listen to the most uh oh man lately the distance by cake they're going the distance i listen to they're going for money speed. for nothing <laughs> that's a sophisticated track yeah i listen to uh asia by Stewie and the album Okay. So that's, that's nine. Like nine songs right there. And uh, ten is Earth, Wind, and Fire's Greatest Hits. Right. When I first met you, I feel like you were only Steely Dan. You only liked Steely Dan. Yeah. I think I got, I just got into them. My, fiance? from the classic albums episode. My roommate. Fiance. Your fiance. My, my uh, best friend, Laura, showed me the oh. classic albums episode. But um, Steely Dan, Earth, Wind & Fire, I just started listening to them a bit. They're great. Yeah, yeah I know. I like them. I like, uh, I like all the groups you mentioned except for 
I don't care about cake. And <laughs> just, they, that's the embarrassing. Uh, they're not embarrassing. No, that song's embarrassing. But going I, the distance. No, I like that. I mean, all, all those hits were like hits. You know, they're they were fun songs. But the fact I was like, that's my number one song. It's not. When did this like? It's like this deadpan conversational singer thing. Like, when did that start? Was that a '90s thing, or was there also like? Is that no, song? It started with Robbie ta- Robertson when he did the uh, <laughs> "Somewhere Down the Crazy River." <laughs> I don't know uh, that song, but I have <laughs> "Catch the Blue Train." Oh, <laughs> is that the one where they talk about Joe's diner? Yeah, you- <laughs> yeah. No, I actually do know that song. I was going to talk about that song <laughs> as being an example of it. Yeah, <laughs> the Blue Train isn't it? Blue Train? No, Catch- the Somewhere Down the Crazy River. That's a great track. That's one of my... But that's from one of his solo records, right? Yeah. And it's like 1988 or something? Like it's... <laughs> that's one of your favorite songs. Yeah. That's... Well, they play that on the radio all the time. Play it's it on like, Serious. I, I can't believe you're talking about that song. I went for a road trip with friends last summer, and we went... Not, not a road trip. We drove to Alora to go to the tubing. And on the way back, I was like, everybody's going to be so excited when I play the song... Uh, Rock on, Jimmy Dean, James, whatever. James the song Dean. Rock On? Yeah. Like, Rock On, that song? Yeah, and everyone got quiet in the car. <laughs> by, is that by uh, Def Leppard? Or, no, I don't know. Is that Helix? Is Rock On? I think by, Rock On is by Helix. No, it's by a guy with two names. <laughs> everyone has two names. First name, last name. Uh, but it was the perfect vibe for the moment. Well, then, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm so blown away you knew that, Robbie Robert. That was your first reference. I heard that song and I was like, what the hell is this? And like, I don't consider, say, Lou. I actually don't even know if I'd call that song the same. As Kate. But you're sort of right. Like, Laurie Anderson is kind of in that in that ballpark as well, actually. Patty Smith? Nah, Tom Patty Waits? Smith is the Sea Wales. No, Tom Waits is like, rum, rum, rum. Does- and if he's talking, he's like, you know, the moonlight was crazy that night. But didn't he have an album where he like talks straight as a bit? But talking straight is also not what I'm talking about. Like it's more like we go over here, we go over there, we go everywhere. Like Friends of P by the Rentals, for instance, would be a song. Okay. Is what I'm talking about. I, Do you know that song? I know that band. <laughs> if you're down with P, then you're down with me. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> is this what it's like when you're like called in to do session work because you know robin's a ripping she's a ripping keyboard you're a ripping keyboard i got uh heralded i've been being told to check out steve neve steve oh, no. the i think it's the the elvis costello keyboard player okay all right i know um, who that is yeah elvis costello i don't know the keyboard and i for the white horse album they kept sending me steve neve references and I appreciate it, but I did add like a Costello stance just to my guitar playing. <laughs> so you're multi-instrumentalist. Mm. What are the instruments you can play out of 10? Uh, you can only go... Guitar s- is like four out of 10. Okay. Oh, no, no, no I, I like this uh, answer you're providing. Yes. Bass, four out of 10. Okay. Drums. Yeah, like four out of 10 across the board. Maybe five out of 10 for guitar. Where's keyboards? You're afraid to rate yourself on that because you think you're pretty good. Yeah, if I if I practice, I can be at like a nine. Wow. I think I'm a resting seven and a half. 
Wow. That's amazing. Podcasting, I think I'm like a four. Comedy, six. What about lyrics? Seven, maybe. People, I think, sometimes I think I'm just too literal. You know, I'm just very literal-minded, and I always think that that puts me at a disadvantage. I All these dreamy, allegory. I read how people write on... I used to write articles, and now the way people write articles is like, I couldn't do that. You know, it's always like... Oh. It's hard. I can't even explain it. It's just people sort of like irony-drenched. It's kind of like a combination of delisted and like, you know, Harper's Bazaar and... Uh, I hate... Pitchfork, I right? I hate the Pitchfork, like... How, did you get reviewed in Pitchfork? No. Would, but you, would you like my to be? Lately, Can you please? No, because my strategy is... Pitchfork. Like, message to Pitchfork. Review Robin no, Hatch's albums. No, I tag all them in my things. Like, Stuart Berman knows I want that review so bad. And he could give it to me. What's but up, he, Stuart? We know you're here. We yeah. know you're out there. I know you like my non-music related posts, Stuart. I see that you don't like my music. Posts. Are you weird, Twitter? Let us know. And uh, <laughs> the... But the guy, Jeremy Larson, I hate when people talk about theory like it pisses me off because I don't really understand theory. When you say theory, what do you mean? Like, if I'm given a sheet of paper and there's a question that's like, figure out what this is the dominant seventh of and then tell me what the sixth degree is and write what note that is as Mm -hmm. an answer, that's where my mind just blanks and I'll, I'll think I'm writing the right answer but it's wrong mm-hmm. so that's why I can't do theory um but I know enough about theory that when other people write about it I can tell if they know what they're talking about I always thought you were a very musically literate person uh that's very nice of you I mean I know en- enough but I'm also fast at wikipedia I'm a fast researcher did you contribute to their <laughs> no I've contributed have you wikipedia. done any joke no, I mean, I have, like, paid, donated when they oh. pressured me to do You haven't, like, written articles? Yeah, but not my own. For I, who? I, I don't have a Wikipedia. If someone wants to make for a For a Wikipedia, band, right? Uh, yeah, someone asked me to for the oh, Okay. Band. Yeah. You didn't just so do I, it for I, the band? No, I never have done it because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to help curate the knowledge of the world. It's important to me. I mean, this is everyone's so self-important now because they think the Internet is where they can take part in uh, telling the story of humanity or something in the 21st and 20th century. Okay. And it's like, I think the writing's on the wall. One day the Internet's going to be wiped clean like a hard drive, right? And there will be no memory of it. Or there will be just a memory of it, and it will be VHS would be all we have. Those DVDs that have like two old movies on them. Yeah. You know, like battery operated TVs. Were there ever those? <laughs> there were the ones. Well, all, the only things left will be those quarter. You go to the airport and you pay a quarter for it to watch the TV. You ever Whoa. see that? That no. was that was like a thing. I went to. I had that once. Where I put like a dollar in and to watch, really? Yeah, it's like a chair. Like picture one of those, <laughs> picture one of those uh, desks at school where the chair is like attached to the desk. Yeah. So there's that, and there's also a television attached to the desk. So it's like what they have now with iPads, but yes, I you could probably do one where there was an iPad attached to the desk, <laughs> and it's just. And one time I, I was at an airport uh, in China. The Beijing airport, 
And I was like, God, I'm jonesing for some net. And then I saw there was like a weird internet kiosk. So I just walk up to it. <laughs> I'm like, time to use the internet in China. And uh, I like being on the touch screen and, or, and it's like, okay, scan your passport. <laughs> you can use the internet. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure, China. Oh, take the passport. So I just scanned the passport. And then like the internet was all in Chinese. So I couldn't make yeah. heads or tails of it. Plus, and there was not a lot of internet and they from what I could censor tell. all of it. Yeah, I, there was, it didn't make sense what it was. Oh my there gosh. was also a smoking room that was like the craziest thing ever. I, all men in there. I know, I would go in when I was in China. Yeah. To those, and they, when you're white, they look at you different. They're, in a good way? In, I don't know. I mean, in I, a good I hear, way? That's not a good question. My brother spoke Chinese, so he would say that. Match hat? What they were. Uh, Matt Hatch, yes. Is that his name? Bill Hatch, yeah. Okay. Bill Hatch Jr. The, Junior, the third, oh boy. But he is different middle names so that he wouldn't be the third. Bill Jill Bill. Hatch. Uh, Billy Joel Hatch. But I remember when uh, it was my last day in China and I'd let my one friend stay at my apartment in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I got an email the night before I got home that said, by the way, I let our other friends stay in the apartment and she spilled uh, juice all over your laptop, and it's completely fried. And and she took it to the to try and back up your hard drive, and they couldn't. Oh, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's what was on the computer. And it was this like you know ten dollars for half an hour of internet. Oh, what was ch- what was this, what city was this in? In Beijing. That I got this email. Why were you? What, what on earth were you doing in China? Uh, my brother was living there. Bill. Yeah. Good man of the so world. We went for a, a family trip. So, you, how old were you? Twenty. I was twenty. So you post on this Toronto message board. Still a post, you say? Yeah. Hey guys, I'm going to China. Anyone know the hip spots? I posted. Well, no. What was your name on still a post? I think like X Robin X. You can relate to that because that your plans, right? X <laughs> X plans X. Yeah. You're so aware of my. But I did that before background. you. I think. You did it before me. I don't know. I had a shirt, a camo shirt, that said Straight Edge. <laughs> that's uh, that's sick. Were you Edge for a time? No, it was never <laughs> Edge. These were the days of irony. I wore this shirt and I was like, yeah. I'm wearing this ironically. My. <laughs> What is that? White Castle. Like the the restaurant? No, it's a Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh. <laughs> They're an interesting group. Yeah. I know I know the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I was an usher and they played, I think. Yeah. It's like heavy metal shit, I was gonna right? Make, yeah. It's like prog metal. Um yeah, and uh we went we ate a lot of food before this. Do you think it's affecting our pace? I mean, is this going well? I think so. I think Is this so too. How your other podcasts go? Pretty much. Right. I feel like, and people who are listening won't know this, I feel like this is one of the ones where we're both having a conversation like via the, sc- the camera screen that we're looking at. So that's how we're seeing each other's faces. Because I'm not one for eye contact. I mean, I love eye contact, but uh, I, I do a thing where I'm talking to people, even on my, my comedy act. Uh, was often punctuated with me looking to the side while telling a joke. 
And I do that when I talk. And I've noticed every time I do that in a conversation, the person I'm talking to also looks to the side because they're like, what's he looking at? And it's never anything. Well, I've realized in since this started that when I look at you to make eye contact in real life, you see that on the screen and then you look at me, but I've already looked back at the screen. Yeah. Well, so. I think we just had a thing there. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So why do you, why keyboards? Why now? Why keyboards? <laughs> why uh, did you, why did you, what, what on earth? The, what on earth possessed you when you're a child? Got, so what happens? You're born. Age and then, five. Okay. Let me, someone's like, daddy's like, Hey, I brought you something. <laughs> and you're like, what is it? What is it, daddy? Well, okay. <laughs> daddy! I daddy! Think, daddy, I tell think, me what it is! If anything, I've maybe been marginally spectrum since age, like, I had a tiny keyboard uh, and loved the movie Sound of Music, and it only played eight keys, but I could play along to Do Re Mi, like, Do a Deer with mm. my keyboard. Mm-hmm. So I did that a lot. Uh, you you showed an, as they call it, an early predilection. <laughs> yeah, and then in my Montessori. And you went to Montessori school. Yeah, the music teacher was like, uh, I was getting, I think, mad at the other kids for not knowing like, oh, that note is an E. And my <laughs> teacher told my parents that I have perfect pitch. So then, then I was put in music <laughs> lessons. Sounds like... You, uh, you were one of those people who got, uh, when it started, started getting into adulthood with like very high expectations and standards. <laughs> like, it sounds like you would have become an adult and been like, okay, it's all sorted out. I'm going to be this keyboard person. No, I quit. Oh. It, it was, think of the, like... Think of having fun to, crafting your history. When you go to private school and you're really good oh, at piano. School. Montessori and then private. Uh, you're good at piano and you're in choir and, mm-hmm. and you get good grades. How are like how are the other people going to treat you? National Enquirer. Did did you go National Enquirer? What does that mean? Did, did your choir go National? National Enquirer. Nice. Thank you. Uh, we went to Sydney, Nova Scotia once. Oh, yeah, I've heard it's beautiful over there. Um, was it nice? It's like Cape Breton-esque, right? It was fine, yeah. I was a really homesick kid, so I didn't do well on school trips, and school trips would be when in everyone sick. in the grade would find out oh. how homesick I was. Oh, and then you got bullied. <laughs> yeah. Were you bullied in choir? Well, not the choir trips were okay, but uh, there was trips where, yeah, I was just... The combination of being homesick and being bullied was very. <laughs> so you were, you were, you and I share the um, disability <laughs> called the adult, no, called attention deficit disorder. Yeah, ADHD, which I got when I was attention deficit hyperactive. You know, disorder. I went back to my high school in second, right after I got diagnosed, kind of like, why didn't you guys tell me that I had this, you know. Didn't you tell my parents like this was like a shooter situation when you went back to school? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, um, and but you didn't have and a gun. The counselor but otherwise, was like, it was like a shooter. Yeah, luckily, yeah. Otherwise, the counselor was like, "Well, we always knew that you had something 
special and we had a note on your file. <laughs> That's <laughs> like my mom. I was like, didn't you guys send me? Because I, I got the diagnosis like seven years ago. But uh, I was like, mom, didn't I go to like some sort of a brain person, you know, when I was like seventh grade or something? And what did they say? And she was like, they said you should be in contact with the learning center. I don't even know really what that means. And I was like, like, I guess special ed. Right. But I've been gifted also in, in my elementary school. So it was all very confusing. And, uh, I said, well, why didn't I, why, why, why didn't I go further? And he said, she said, Oh, you didn't want to, but I was like, did I have, weren't you, wasn't I your charge? Like your ward? Can you just do whatever you wanted? Oh man. Yeah. I think so. my parents were too anxious to read my report cards in case because they didn't want to know that anything was up. Mm-hmm. Which I get. Like it since I'm avoidant of, you know, doing things like cleaning my room sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get what it's like to be that way. So I went back and read my report cards and it was like like Robin needs to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Robin needs. Uh, yeah, I feel change, like would report cards say that nowadays? But you're this younger than me. Yeah, this was when I was like four or five. So you know, but because I was just fine doing my thing. I don't think it. You know, it probably wasn't until after college that I was like, "Are my social skills off?" After college. Yeah. College, you were like, "My social skills are on." I'm yeah. going to Frosh. Well, because I found message boards. Were you in, in engineering school? school? No, I was. Okay. I went to English, but uh, I found message boards in high school. So then I thought, I'll found my people. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, everyone kind of logged off, or Facebook <laughs> happened. Everyone signed out. Yeah, never. I can't, to I can't do this anymore, guys. There was a message board I was on. This comedy message board, a special thing, and it was popping. All of the pro- all of your problematic faves. Posted there from Jen <laughs> Kirkman to Louis C.K. to they were all on the comedy Demo Stanopopoulos to uh, uh, Chris Hardwick to uh, Ziz Ansari to <laughs> Nick Flanagan and uh, that's yeah. like Twitter now. It's uh, it was like Twitter, but there were less people, and so you're it was less better. allowed to chirp like. Yeah. On this comedy nobody board. was getting there was only one guy had an argument with Patton oswalt once that was the on only, the comedy board what, yeah did Patton get mad yeah <laughs> he got mad and then uh hot saucerman scott ackerman was on it doesn't doesn't matter but you know i'll always i love a special thing i made friends with lots of um really cool people there well you know you just named a bunch yeah those were mostly not people (laughs) i made friends with but actually like i did get to do the comedy death ray show in la partly because i was on a special thing and partly because i had opened for neil hamburger who played there so it it was actually when i went to la it was really good uh because i I think even Scott like recommended shows I could do. And it was like that familiarity was very nice. And I appreciate that Scott Ackerman. And uh, I appreciate that. You will not be listening to this, but I will be checking it. it out. But uh, I'm verified on Twitter. So I assume oh, yeah, you're verified. Can, uh... Well, let's get into that in a second. Yeah. I'll tell you about all the There's a lot we need to get into. And, and, and uh, we, uh, you know, our time is flying, but we, we, we've got a lot to get, get into. Uh, 
But the end of that story is that message board eventually started dying as the people got more famous, they posted less. And so it was just comedy fans, most of whom were awesome. And a lot of whom went on to do comedy, interesting stuff. Like the people who considered like civvies back then, there was like Jesse Thorne who did, you know, all that stuff. Uh, What's it called? Sound of Young America. And uh, now he does. uh, I don't know. I like Chapo and... Chapone? Chapo and come town. I like Chapo and come town too. Were those guys on the message board? Probably a a couple of people were. Yeah. I mean, but I think those guys were probably more like deep, like borderline 4chan, you know, but probably the Mullen people were 4chan. No, I think they were all... Felix Biederman, probably 4chan. No, I think it's something awful. Something awful. Loved something awful. the FYAD forum. You know, the the reason I think I kind of like got away from forums was, and, and like that side of the internet a little bit, was because there was this website I loved that was called WrestleCrap.com. And it was like all of the bad gimmicks of like the WWF and WCW up until say the website was like 2000, 2001. So up until then. And it was just chronicling them. And it was like so funny because there were so many bizarre, odd things in wrestling. Uh, And then the guy who made it like killed himself. (laughs) It's just like, shit, sad people are involved in this. And I don't want any part of it. No, but I stayed part of it for a long time. Anyway, a special thing. I showed you that tweet when I thought prospector died yeah you showed me that That, that's all very stressful to me yeah i was in california last month and saw that someone posted it's it's real he's dead and i should have known because i had been told nobody knows who this guy is and i had this oh man i gotta sing when i gotta sing i followed a guy on uh on twitter who followed a guy i won't say who it is and he deleted it um but he was like i had to get rent from my parents this month i feel like anthony kiedis in under the bridge something like that but it was completely earnest so he wants a vacation he wants his parents to pay for the vacation now first they pay for rent now they gotta pay for the vacation i don't think so under under the i want to live under the bridge downtown but anyway when i I wonder what bridge he's talking about i sat at the beach for like 10 minutes and was like wow mental illness is like is real like i've laughed at this guy's post for so long but i can tell he's in pain do you think epstein had mental illness yeah i think he had what I, what a uh, lot of guys have, assume, which is teenitis. No, that like where. <laughs> um, the... I suffer from teenitis. That's like funny. In Joker, there's a part where he has like one of those cards that you share that like tells people you have a condition. And if someone's like staring at a teen on a bus, this is very problematic. Yeah, says that they give I have teenitis. So uh, just know that uh, um, I'm going to look at you. It, I mean, nice. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I assume he had the thing where you're that I experienced to some extent. I'm hoping Frank D'Angelo is not listening. What, yeah, Robin was on the Being Frank show with Frank. You were on the Being Frank show with Frank D'Angelo last night, a show that myself and many others have been obsessed with. Tim Gilbert hooked me up into that world. And uh, I showed it to my friend Derek, and uh, we all—I was just obsessed for a long time. It long, now you're on it. He was 
yeah. Oh, you're saying Epstein probably has whatever for Angela. The same condition where you're so rich and also psychotic that you can uh, threaten to kill people if they don't indulge your delusions. Mm -hmm. And I think Epstein probably had that to a an astronomical degree. Right. Where usually if you weren't, you know, so powerful, people would just say, it's time to go to CAMH. Do you think Anthony Bourdain had that to a gastronomical degree? And Bourdain's. I think, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's so many different, uh, I don't know what the correct opinion on Bourdain's is. So I, I mean, that was just, saying. I was sad about that. <laughs> okay. It's just funny. Everyone holds everyone to like so many different standards. Everyone's mad at Dennis Quaid right now. Oh, for dating the young. He's engaged to a 26 yeah, year old. But I follow these, like, uh, I try to avoid it cause it, it's like you don't always want to indulge indulge every area of your mind where I follow some girls who were like, when Jeff Goldblum, there was the photo. Oh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum got canceled last week. Got last week. Yeah, but I remember being, uh, when I was 15 and I was waiting at the stage door of Spamalot to get autographs from like, <laughs> Tim Curry. Uh, and <laughs> I remember Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Why was he there? He Where was this? In New York. I went okay. to see Spamalot. Damn. Uh, and what a life. Yeah. I think my parents felt bad about the bullying. Really <laughs> He's cool well, my parents felt bad about the bullying. All they did was send me to a math tutor. And I'm sorry. Oh, shit. I'm, those classes didn't... Fuck. Um, it's okay. So acknowledging my privilege... I live in a $2 so million Jeff, dollar house. Jeff Goldblum pulled up with uh, two girls who were clearly my age. I said... What do you mean? You were 14. Yeah. I was like... The, and you know when you're that young, you can tell if people are, like, exactly your age. So I, <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God, Jeff Goldblum, I have to get a photo. So I asked him for a photo, and then to the girls was like, is that your dad? And both of them were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have that. So I've actually always known that Jeff Goldblum's canceled. But anyway. Yeah, I feel like somebody, this was not even the same thing. Someone told me something a while ago, like a long while ago, about him, about a predilection that he had that did not involve teens. Um, it involved. It involved cuckolding, but oh, um, so like teens and another man? No, there were no teens. It was cuckoldry, but uh, and this is alleged. But but it was just that he enjoyed the alleged accusation was that he was uh, into uh, being cuckolding. No, like t you know taking people's partners and having his way with them okay and and the only reason that was kind of funny was because or, or i thought anything of it was because there were those photos of him on the beach all naked with um that woman who'd been married to uh tim burton i think her name was lisa marie she was like very she was in mars attacks as like the perfect woman martian style like she had sort of a a wig okay uh <laughs> Goldblum. The, uh, Helena Bonham. He, he yeah. does seem like he's been canceled forever. It's but, like, how okay. can a guy whose energy girls, is like, seriously... I follow these girls where one of them tweeted like, sometimes I pretend I'm the girl on the left and sometimes I pretend I'm the girl getting choked like by Jeff Goldblum in this photo. So there is like mm -hmm. a subgroup of, uh, you know, there's the people out there who think, oh, don't cancel, you know. Life's complicated. I found uh, in April or so this year when the Leafs were in the playoffs Maple Leafs. that uh, I unfollowed 
by some Bruins fans who like Our Lady Peace or Rural Alberta Advantage. Let's talk for a second. Robin played in uh, Our Lady Peace uh, officially or as a touring official? As a official? touring, yeah. Touring keyboard. If you check their the Canadian wiki group, and I added it. Our so. Lady Peace. And also in the Rural Alberta, Alberta Advantage. Um, I realized after the Leafs lost and I started getting into these Twitter message threads where I was like, how much did the Leafs suck? And all these Bruins fans would be like, they fucking, like, that was pathetic, the the like way that this player played. And I was kind of like, this is, I think I'm into this. Wait. So it, <laughs> You're how into can you, what? like, uh, fans? like the Leafs, like the Leafs sucking and Bruins fans telling me that they, like, wow, oh. they, they sucked. You know, I'm like, if I was at a bar, I'd be the weird guy who's like really wants to get into a fight, but just wants the people to yell at me about how the Leafs are bad. But if, you, okay, I think I understand. You, but is this like a romantic thing? Like no, you wanted to go out with so. them? No, I don't want to go out. But I, the the energy of, of being that, criticized. Yeah, something you like being criticized. Yeah, which is a classic pickup artist move. But I to go in and neg you. No, but I'm asking them to neg me. I'm going into the thread like uh Brad Marchand's tweeted like I have a sorry, pickup artist. Sorry fetish. Justin Bieber. You know the Leafs lost and I'm writing back Bieber rocks and the Leafs are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and all these fans are like Bieber sucks. Oh, I Leafs see. Suck. You like to rile people up. Yeah. I do that too. I like to do that. So That's what I mean. In this conversation, I feel like I've said multiple rilings. If if someone's trying to pick up artists, me, I don't like that. Has that happened? That was happening. I probably happens in your DMs think, all the time. No, although I got my first. Uh, someone asked me to kick them in a DM. That like was all it said. K I K. Yeah. <laughs> and what that went out of business. K I C K. That was all oh. it said, and nobody ever sends. I think maybe I give off like a. Because of the blue check. Verified. Um, How'd you get that? Applications came up. I was in Our Lady Peace and I wrote the p most pathetic, like, I think this would be good for my personal brand. Like, please, I'm really trying to establish myself as a touring keyboardist. And I think whoever was at Twitter. At. A, <laughs> at Twitter. Uh, at Twitter Canada mm -hmm. just approved like everybody that applied in Canada because everyone I know that because there are no famous people yeah in Canada they say that's what they say but uh, do you believe that yeah no oh, good Brian Adams Brian famous. Adams Gordon Lightfoot Shania Twain Shania Twain Reba McIntyre Rita McNeil Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Not Re Reba McIntyre is American. Reba's in my wheelhouse. Reba's like in her. my wheelhouse. <laughs> like her sass. Here's my perfect... Um, I'm taking ladies, but... A perfect date is with Bette Midler. Reba McIntyre. Uh, I did this... <laughs> I asked... I was hanging out with my friend Jackson Brown last month and... Uh, in LA. Oh my God. Why are you friends with Jackson Brown? Cause he, George Strombolopoulos, 
Why are you friends with George? How are you friends with George? Charlie Peace. How do you think? Okay, so I would have picked up every Canadian connection in that. Yes, it's funny when you do live in LA. You do tend to. It's uh, a smaller. Um, you wind up. You could wind up being friends with like any number of former VJs on Much Music. Yeah. Uh, so he was hosting a TIFF party. The great George Strombolo. The at, in Toronto that Jackson Brown was at, and it was this like open jam. Anybody can sit down and jam with him, and I was like fucking wasted and was like this is my big chance to sit next to a legend so i just showboated the whole show until and he was like stay there sitting at the piano and now he's my boy um he comes to see me when i play in la and anyway he sang backups at that roy orbison uh black and white concert that was like i think from the late 80s okay I remember that time. But he said he got to sing backups with, oh man, I hate that I'm like a name dropping. You've already done it. We're there. No. Uh, we have to talk about Jackson Brown. This is important. He, he has a song called Take It Easy. He That's hung the out one with I know. Uh, Reba McIntyre, oh. Jennifer oh. Warren, and uh, oh, you know Wait, what? Who's no, Jennifer no Warren? it was Bonnie Raitt. It wasn't Reba <gasps> McIntyre. Oh. Rate? I, just, I just said that story because I wanted to name drop. I like Rate. Not in the same way. It was Bonnie Raitt, uh, Jennifer Warren, and Katie Lang. They all sang backups together. Cool with as hell. Roy Orbison. Imagine. That's great. The energy in the green room. That Who's night. Jennifer Warren again? I don't know. Oh. Is she the one? She might be the one who did these incredible covers of uh, <laughs> okay, Leonard Cohen, actually. I don't if know. She's the Leonard same Cohen person either. who did. Really she there's she did I think an album of Leonard Cohen albums. She does a cover of famous <laughs> Blue Raincoat. If that's the person I'm thinking of, and it's like Maybe insanely Jen- amazing. Jennifer Warren's. Yeah, that's the person. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. She has an incredible yeah, voice. Yeah, it is the person. Oh, she, she does sings the- "Time of My Life" from Dirty Dancing. She she's an incredible. Oh, I wonder if that is the same person. No, it, it is. It says Leonard Cohen, and it's ah, rare. She also sang "I Had the Time of My Life." That song. I. Had, the, had time of my life. the time of my life. We're singing more. I only I only know the one Leonard Cohen song that was on like the Tarantino Greatest Hits soundtrack, and then I know that poem. You oh well, Kanye. the one I think you're talking about. Waiting for yeah. the miracle. Yeah. Wait, the miracle to come. That song's amazing. Yeah. You know what else is amazing? That's on the Natural Born Sillies contract. What? <laughs> It's on the National Board. <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, Natural Killers soundtrack. The Dark it, Knight by the Blasters. <laughs> no, I don't know that one, but Blasters, cool. Um, no, is uh, that's one of your 200 songs, I guess. It is, um, actually, it is. No, is Sweet Chain by the Cowboy Junkies. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And they're Canadian. Yeah, you should play that when we play music. Yeah. Because you've promised Never. to play music. I also have a game of Fortnite brewing in the other room. I know. I saw it on the TV and I was going to say... <laughs> Do you play Fortnite? I was going to say, nice Fortnite. Do you game? No, but mm. I have tried to learn the dance. Dabs. No, the floss. Floss. Sorry, yes. Floss. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Just interrupting this nice conversation with Robin Hatch to let you know... That first of all, the most important thing is today is for contributing to Paul Bellini and his GoFundMe, the link that is in our show notes, uh, look up Touch Paul Bellini, 
and GoFundMe, and you'll find it that way too. However, if you even have more money to spare uh, and you want me to keep doing the podcast, as I said, uh, regularly that is, I'm going to keep doing it, but as much as possible. Because if I can't, if I could, I would do this every day, you know? And uh, to be able to do that, of course, I need a Patreon uh, and a Kofi nest egg <laughs> in order to have that time so yeah patreon.com slash nick flanagan co-fi.com slash nick flanagan if you do feel like contributing that would be hella nice anyone who already has i really appreciate you and uh yeah you are the best and if you can't don't worry about it it's completely optional there are some perks on the patreon uh stand-up clips episodes without the patreon call to arms and some other stuff and if i'm a little slow with it i do apologize but uh yeah so if you can't help subscribe rate review otherwise just enjoy your life and enjoy the podcast because you 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 will get it either way anyway back to robin get well soon bellini thanks so uh what were we so okay so you're friends with Jackson Brown. And he told he's given me the confidence to write songs. Jo- that's cool. Yeah. Well, okay. First, I'm just gonna say that Joni Mitchell wrote a song about his alleged yeah. doings with Daryl Hannah. Have yeah. you heard that song? I've uh, I've listened to that song a lot. Yeah, I kind of I've, obsessed I've with that song. I've read all the cancellation allegations because he it's got a little bit. It sounds like everybody Daryl Hannah. But he also dated. had a wife that killed herself. Like, you know, but. Uh, As Sam Kinison said, don't get married! You know, I believe we live in a world where we're trying to find common ground and, you know, give new opportunities to people that, uh, if someone's been canceled, they should be able to still exist. You can't kill them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You can't kill them. Unless they're Epstein. And also, as as, uh, Pacino said in Godfather 2, if he's to be the tightest one team, anybody can get killed. So maybe you can kill him. Do you hang on? What was I have a quote <laughs> that Frank D'Angelo said yesterday? <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's done many quotables. Um, you know what, Daryl Hannah is. He a talked par- about how Mike Bullard. Sorry. No, you tell me. Mike Bullard's canceled, but he didn't mention that he's canceled. Frank D'Angelo. Well, Mike Bullard, I heard an alleged story. Well, he can't even. But the Mike Bullard reason for cancellation is because he uh, had stalked. Uh, he, he'd been like uh, arrested or something for like stalking his former girlfriend who was a newscaster. Uh, something he said yesterday uh, is if you're homophobic, you're a fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> R word. Uh, you're an effing R word. If you're HFobic, you're an effing R word. Uh, so um, what I was gonna say was uh, something. Well, let's. I'm I'm forgetting the one thing. So we'll go straight to Hatch. One of your albums. How many albums did you put out this year, Robin Hatch? I put out two. One was called Hatch. One was called Works for Solo Piano, and I'm currently mixing a third piano record oh works for solo piano isn't one of them just like one big track whereas works for solo piano just a few large tracks am i crazy what's the length of your tracks here the no those ones are like i think the longest song's 11 minutes but most of them are like three minutes so which is like is hatch more of a singular piece or no hatch was like 
Um, my buddy Liam, who plays in Taylor Knox's band with me. Okay. Um, do I sound like I need to drink water? Okay. But uh, you can if you want. Liquid's allowed. He His uh, parents are in this ensemble called the Canadian Electronic Ensemble, which is like Canadian cool. craft work. Mm. So they have all these old crazy synthesizers. Um, and so he agreed to like just let me come to his house for three days and play whatever on synthesizers. So Hatch is just me going first thought, best thought. I'm going to put something out. Who cares? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. I guess. But when you work with Frank D'Angelo and he does that all the time, like, <laughs> is this the same? Like, do people look yeah. at me and go like, she's doing quality I know. versus quantity? I worry about that too. The podcast, I just do this podcast and we talk and I have no idea if I'm doing a bad job or a good job or, or what. And then I sometimes more with my solo episodes, I uh, will have just say a bunch of stuff, edit it slightly and just put it out, you know, and I have no idea if I'm just like doing everybody a disservice. What here. kind of numbers? You... Oh, high, super high. But that's, isn't that the thrill of art is low number. Everyone has to listen to this thing. Yeah, that is the thrill of it. And it's like, I think we're still, people are still having a very hard time figuring out what to do about um, talented, bad people was or Louis people who do bad things. Board? Yeah. Louis, Louis, Louis was extremely online. Louis C.K. would post it very often to uh, the alt.comedy news group. Okay. And he posted on a special thing. And he posted very periodically on Richard Pryor's message board, you... which I was also on. And <laughs> Really? Yes. Do you, do he you did think some... he's still posting under like a fake name? I don't know where he would do that. I don't think it's very interesting anymore. I think the only place to really do that is like Reddit. You know, and Reddit oh. is not friendly to that kind of thing because of the upvotes and downvotes. It's just so complicated. And but you've been in Hollywood, like oh yeah, is have I a ever? Celebrities uh. message board. Well, there's Raya, which is the I celebrity know, which, dating app. I know. But, but but I don't know. They won't approve me. I don't have enough followers. I think Twitter. Followers. Why are you, you're trying to get on Raya? Well, just to see, yeah, just to check it out. But no, I you got to be followed by people with a million followers. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's very Instagram influencer friendly, in my I'm, opinion. I'm uh, abstinent now to work on my craft. Okay, we'll get into that in a sec. <laughs> but uh, so your albums came out. You prior to this were very much just doing uh, uh, touring, session work, touring learning work. other people's songs. Yeah, I was playing in wedding bands. Playing on YouTube songs, which is another thing Frank Angelo did. Play. Yeah, he's a singer he plays a lot does a lot of covers does some originals <laughs> <laughs> and uh so what was it did you finally feel did going sobri so sober now going sober was as a person the things you were doing to to self-medicate included um i was take so you're on your adhd medication yeah. first of all Five and i days. had up the dosage oh okay i'll be straight about the, the psychologically what was happening is i quit cold turkey selexa oh didn't didn't tell my doctor told no. her i needed more adderall no um dropped a full tab of acid 
started microdosing acid on the regular. Oh yeah, like people say is a good idea. And was I was spending $150 a week on weed. Uh which was pretty much all, you know, it was a good chunk of what I was making in the bands I was in. And That's right. Uh all you classically trained musicians, $150 a week. And I was doing dabs which are like very the, extreme weeds. Yeah. Shatter. Um, that's what they used to call it. Now shatter is like a better thing. It's like I don't think I mean anyway, I cut to the doctors basically saying the recommended model is just clean <laughs> empty your brain of everything. So they're yeah, like, now that sober. you're not doing Celexa, yeah. Don't do any drugs. And it's funny, when I told my doctor that after the fact, she was like, Oh, you should have told me that as soon as you I mean you're not supposed to at all get off antidepressants or anything like that and then immediately take psychedelics for the first time yeah Uh, it's good that you were so you weren't really into the one-time benzo kind of thing acid no like anti-anxiety like lorazepam and clonopam I took I mean I took Xanax I think it's lucky because I think Xanax might not be quite as bad as those other ones as Ativan Xanax was stronger than anyway there was a time in college where I took Xanax once and drank and it was the only time that friends have come up to me and said are you okay Mm. and I think it's it's lucky because I'm anxious that all it takes is my friends to tell me to my face that I'm embarrassing myself to realize that I kind of need to step back um but that Mm. was what essentially brought me to Cam H Mm. The year I got sober, because which is the Canadian, a, the addiction. center for addiction and, and mental, mental health. health. Yeah, in the center of Toronto, um, downtown core. Yeah. So, yeah. No, luckily I stayed away from that, because I think with it is lucky with Ativan and same thing with cocaine. Like I'm an MDMA. I know if I took either of those, I'd be toast. Like good toast like i i'd love cocaine if i took it well i take it nonstop. they say people with adhd it's like someone said well if you take cocaine and you feel like normal yeah that's like maybe you have add because it is sort of close to um yeah yeah, like Like you know methyl or whatever all that stuff is but um and then MDMA, see, this is something I've been talking about and thinking lately is like the microdosing LSD, microdosing mushrooms, and microdosing also MDMA, uh, especially the latter two, shrooms and MDMA, are getting this push uh, to be medically studied and stuff. And yeah, that, that it can, it's good for depression. And it's like, yeah, I, I, especially with MDMA, like, I, I know what they're getting at. Like, mm-hmm. if I, let's say I've done it, and let's say that when i've been on it allegedly i've um been able to think kinder thoughts about myself in the outside world than like i've ever thought in mm-hmm. my um like give myself like so much more empathy blah 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 okay that's good mm-hmm. but then a lot of the time first of all it's often taken in a party style yeah. it's it's not all the time that people are you know, sitting in a doctor's office taking it or even taking it totally sober, you know, otherwise. So the next day tends to be, from what I've heard from me, is uh, a a terrible experience that almost erases 
Yeah. That's what why happened I stayed before? Away from MDMA. I'm not sure why I forgot about that with acid, but. Yeah. Well, I don't know about what you're up to, but I mean, forgetting about that with acid is like, well, when, how often are people doing acid before you did it? This I know. Time? And the, so, you, you know, I s- it's around more often now. Yeah, I've noticed people talking about acid in the last like five years. But yeah, it you can tell there's a when you take it that there's a point in your brain where if you continue to do this, you're gonna not be able to come back. That like fear of am I gonna go back to normal after this? I think I I sensed that if I kept taking it, I would not have been able to kind of contain myself. So you didn't feel like taking small amounts of LSD every day was a good thing for you? Uh, initially, the, the first time I took it was unbelievable. I had an incredible trip. It was worth it. It changed the way I think about music. I think if that summer was fucking hell, but like what it did for how I think creatively was worth it. I don't know. I don't think it helped with depression. <laughs> um, what does help with depression? In your, uh, in your experience. I saw a tweet that was... Tweets. Decided that I'm going to enjoy life as a bit. Wow, that, that sounds like a strange way to... That's very Joker-esque. You've really got to see Joker. Yeah, I do. I'm going to see Joker. Alone. It's playing at the drive-in in Oakville. I'm going to go alone. So I can scroll the whole time. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, you it, can be on your phone. <laughs> listening to that speaker outside your car. Oh, no, I guess it's, it's in the, the radio. AM, yeah. yeah. Um, the, no, that's it, though, is Why, so having serious? a sense of humor about uh, feeling upset. Yeah, but sometimes humor is nihilistic, especially more than ever now. It, you know, humor is not what? It is nihilistic a lot of the time. And I've found no joy in like uh, this corner of Twitter that I call like, it's like sadness Twitter, you know, where everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, just another day of crushing anxiety, smothering <laughs> my skull. But hey, at least some people have acting jobs, you know, yeah. and it's like. That's what. That sucks. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I know that is humor that. is good and I like joking around and it is hugely helpful. And I'm not trying to dismiss no, that whatever works deserves, for you. That reminds me of like, you know, people that are, if your whole brand is that you're talking about how you're going to kill yourself or how you're depressed, like. Are you listening, have Trent? More, have a bit more self-awareness. Resner? Is that what Trent Reznor's? I've Last never checked. I, checked. I mean, I think having a good time as a bit is funnier than your bit being that you're depressed. Yeah, man, that's why. Like, but that song it, "Putting on the Ritz" by Taco was such fake a hit. It till you make it is right. Isn't that the key to success? I guess they say fake it till you make it, and and then sound die. Bowls. Uh, sound bowls, sound bowls, <laughs> sound baths. Um, playing piano because it. Yeah, you if have I music. have to play piano well, it's the only thing that, like, if you're thinking about posture, your wrist technique, whether your arms are relaxed, like, for ADD, it's the only thing where 
Right. It occupies every part of my brain that wants to think about something else. Like so if, focus. Yeah. Happens. If I have to do. Yeah. It's the only way I can kind of get in the, what's it called? Peak performance. Like the, the, the zone. zone. Yeah. Do you take beta blockers though? I did. Um, I've got them. But then I took them at, uh, before a funeral once. So that was a bad idea. Why? You didn't cry? Yeah. And I really, really wanted to cry. Oh. And it, it fucked me up. <laughs> Your betas were blocked. Yeah. No. But it did help for stage uh, fright. You were a Chad that day. Yeah. <laughs> Blocking betas like crazy. Alpha. Alpha it's king just dog. A flat effect when people are like, are you, aren't you sad? Yes. <laughs> Robin, there's so much more to talk about, but I think, <laughs> I think we got to put a pause okay. on this. Well, we've been talking for like over an hour. Okay. I've got to go to a, do a show soon. You've, you're you're in rush hour right now. No, it's over. Rush hour is over. We've missed rush hour, but so uh, let's just compose ourselves and and come back with the song. Uh, thank you so much for being on here. Have I interrupted you in the middle of something? No, <laughs> it's just a um, funny note to end on. No, okay, let's just finish up Enjoy with some ADHD. Life, and uh, uh, so oh wait, sobriety. Do you think ADHD and the and the comorbidity of the frustration and the anxiety and depression that can come from that, do you think that sobering up uh, has helped ease the ADHD, which has helped ease the other symptoms? I think- Is that a leading question? I think I'm forced to be more okay and aware of my ADHD. I don't think that it changes it, but I think that the embarrassment of having ADHD that I, you know, would probably use self-medication in order to combat is mm. it's having to face it is sort of like when you can't get fucked up on weed, you have to fall asleep by yourself as well. Like you have to just let your mind fall asleep. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of similar to that where you just have to figure out how to live with it. Do you know what I like doing? I like to, um, when I'm lying down to sort of, think of my thoughts as like dreams like the yeah. one, I'm like sleeping already as I, as soon as I'm on the bed and I'm just even though I'm thinking I'm like well you're actually resting and you're asleep <laughs> and honestly it's been great look at me yeah look at me I'm a hit I think if I'm a I... hero yeah you're falling a hero. asleep's fine it's fine <laughs> yeah I mean that's the other thing is so many things that people take because they help them sleep is actually are actually uh things that can stop them from sleeping like and give them racing thoughts and yeah you know uh give them a restless sleep or you know it's or you don't have the dreams that your subconscious wants you to have because you're in permanent like delta wave they say that dreams are the way that we process things i buy that how much 80 percent no i meant how much money are you buying spending uh, to, to, to buy in dreams you buy into that idea eighty dollars one dollar per percent yeah know, would buy it um <laughs> so do you what is the um do you, do you have you when you when you tell people you have adhd uh have you do do you receive understanding uh in general or are people sort of like everyone has it kind of especially in creative world because I, I think that's a big thing is like that sort of response where it's like a lot of people have it and they're creative. 
Yeah. And it, it, you know, so. If you meet other people with it, it's kind of like you're meeting family, a long lost family, like, oh, they, they understand. Uh, but I find that when I first got diagnosed, I would tell people and there'd still be the, I'd start to perceive that people were treating me differently. I'm not sure if they were or not. Do you know how what I'm talking different about? How different how? Like, do you have friends who have... Uh, Eight. I have friends who have siblings who are autistic or have Down syndrome. Sure. And I would perceive that they were treating me closer to the way they treated their siblings than they were treating me previously. Well, maybe, but I think that people with <laughs> autism, whatever that huge, you know, uh, label would mean, you know, kind of deserve to be treated pretty regularly. And people with Down syndrome too. It's just that sometimes there can be an understanding that is more limited, I guess. Yeah. You know, like learning can be more limited, but I feel like, you know, uh, this is something I say on the podcast, but it's like, well, everyone is on a part of the spectrum. You know, yeah. it's just like, are you in the part where you don't like light? I, <laughs> you know, or are you in the part where you, you know, you don't you? like traffic? Yeah. You the, know, it's something that I'm glad that I was not diagnosed with it while I was in high school. I'm glad that people didn't know. When did you get diagnosed? When I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad people didn't. I, I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm glad I wasn't diagnosed with it then, but I was just talking to someone yesterday who said a lot of the people they know who have been diagnosed in their school days didn't really are still whatever, you know, struggling with it. But for me, it was like after I got diagnosed with it, I was just sort of, you know, it always feels like once you find out that you're struggling more because it's just more apparent what the side effects are, mm -hmm. I found. And uh if I'd had that going on in my 20s, it might have even been harder. I don't know. And uh, but but the relief of kind of knowing that all of the self uh, defeating thoughts I was having, like the idea that I had unfixable flaws that were causing all of these problems that were somehow external of the ADHD, because I'd be in relationships where I'd say, Oh, I just want to remind you of ADHD. Like, because I did something dumb. And uh, they'd go, that's not an excuse. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's <laughs> that's not an funny. excuse. It's not an excuse. You're right. I need a better excuse. But it might be something it, that's contributing to these. Yeah, things. it's like you, you attempt know. to, you're just trying to explain it, not use it as an excuse. You know, dealing with your own stuff is uh is not that different from dealing with another person's stuff in that it's like you kind of have to choose it's kind of be ready to you have to want to do it yeah their stuff you can know? be too much for your stuff and vice versa like there are people who have given the literature to uh -huh. and they've read it and they've taken it in read and they've com. It's, <laughs> but they've read it dot coms and and uh it has profoundly changed you know the dynamic or whatever and there's lots of people who haven't who might still have more understanding now but i mean i haven't really perceived what you're talking about but my my whole raison d'etre is just like in a dream world it's like 
our weaknesses, our admission of weaknesses would not be viewed as either some sort of magical strength that makes us stronger uh, or as something so vulnerable as to be almost uh, pitiable or shameful, Okay. you know, and I think it tends to follow and fall into those two or even worse, like a negative aspect, you know, that is uh, condemnable. Like the, things fall into that category a lot. Like the whole world of like, oh, struggling with mental illness, struggling with this, struggling with that is so based on, I don't know. It's just so based on someone just going, yes, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes, you are doing great. And it's yeah. like, no, we're all just doing, we're all just trying to do this. And I'm just telling you that this is a problem I have and I'm not trying to, either win pity nor points i think you know i realized that or pity points i know that when i'm really stressed uh if i have say four things to do at once and i'm particularly stressed about one of them it becomes much easier to accomplish the other tasks right well that's try to game the adhd yeah but i've also learned recently that if a bunch of good things happen at once like let's say i get a job and you know, some just like promotion or something like that. Like some big thing will happen online and I'll get a bunch of music gigs. I get as happy as I get like the, there's an opposite version of stress, which is like good stuff happening that I also don't know how to deal with. Yeah. That was actually something like that was when I um, decided to go to um, get a diagnosis Mm -hmm. was because I, uh, I was like, had all these nice things I had to do, but I was feeling a lot of pressure about it. And mm-hmm. even the having to do them had something to do with getting accepted and good mm-hmm. things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that, so I was like, why am I having this reaction? It turned out it was uh, attention deficit disorder. Yeah, and the Cam H are like, but just give us a call if you want to kill yourself. But otherwise, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in Yeah, Cam H years. doesn't actually even deal with ADD <laughs> yeah. at this point. It's just really sad. Um, all right, look, we do have to go. Okay. Do you want to play a song? It's up to you. Uh, are you going to sing on top of it? Because I'll be to. uncomfortable. If I do or if I don't. If you don't. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Okay, so let's let's figure it out. Okay. Robin Hatch, thank you. Or I'm gonna have to um do you wanna do a theme song? I'm gonna try to make a theme song for the podcast. Wanna try that? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Do you want me to do you want me to, do you want me to count you in? Yes. Can you harmonize when it feels right? Vocally? Yeah. Okay. One, two, a one, two, three, and.
cast his Covered in slime All of the time Except for nine That was the bath time In a six million dollar home. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Nick Flanagan Weekly. It's made of steel, it's made of real, it's made of tofu, it's in your town. We've never experienced a podcast such as this. We've never seen one straight Interesting before this. Thank you, Nick, the wokest man of his demographic. Canadian, not proud. He wants to move. He cannot move. He's got to improve his cardio. Sounds perfect. Sing it. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Nick Weekly. this now. Podcast. 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 Thank you, Robin. What'd you think? Good. It's a keeper. Yeah. That's that's the take. <laughs> One take. One take wonders. Quantity quantity oh, over quality. Thanks, Robin Hatch, for coming on the podcast. Did you have fun? Yes. Hi. Thank you for listening. That was Robin Hatch. RobinHatch.bandcamp.com. Twitter slash Robin Hatch. Twitter.com slash Robin Hatch. Love talking to Robin. Appreciate that she came from her somewhat far away abode to have a talk with me in the heart of downtown Toronto. And uh, yeah, just keep on trucking. Check out that Bellini link in the show notes. I can't stress that enough. Um, If there's people speaking at your library who are crummy anti-trans people, uh, that which, which happened in Toronto recently, speak out against them. I was looking into this. There was a protest in Toronto for, for against uh, what they call a, um, oh God, trans exclusionary radical feminists, TERFs. And, uh, you know, 
people use this much like with all discussions, the nuances of discussion of, of transgender rights as a means of including very exclusionary people who are of the mindset that trans people have no right to call themselves women. And uh, the fact and, and that is straight up a conversation ending argument because they are closed minded about it. So and it's it's really dangerous for trans people who are marginalized and a group of people who are attempting to have just a life. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there was a protest at the library, and I want to let you know that uh, after examining the person who was a speaker and the type of uh, people that they attracted, I can safely say, in my opinion, uh, they're disingenuous, they're dangerous, and... Uh, Speaking out against them is important. And speaking out against anything that it, you find to be against your principles is important. And this is something I have a hard time with, to be honest with you, and I'm learning about. There's been some crazy allegations that are sound very real about a longtime promoter in Toronto. And um, it sounds like this has become because someone spoke up this has become a chance for them to face accountability which is kind of the most important thing in these regards so that's only because someone spoke up and received support and attention so don't be afraid to if you don't get attention or support now it will come so i don't know why i'm being so serious it's probably because i'm worried about paul bellini have a great day or night. When it, whatever time it is, have a great time. I'm going to take a very quick bath. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.